Welcome to Back to Center. I'm your host, Ali Oswald. This is a podcast about care of yourself in these trying times. We will talk about your brain, stress, and tips and strategies to keep you going and help keep you connected to yourself and to others. The most important piece of this is to know that you are not alone. We are all feeling strong things and trying to figure out the best path forward in these trying times, and none of us has easy answers. Today we will be talking about author and podcaster Alex L. and listen to some of her words from an interview with Lily Percy from the On Being podcast. We will also be taking a short walk outside to recalibrate our brains. And finally, I offer a poem for reflection and maybe a song at the end. So stay tuned. It's 2021. (laughs) This year has been particularly difficult for all of us. I hear about self-care all the time, and I wonder what it means. I recently listened to an episode of On Being, where Lily Percy sits in for Krista Tippett and interviews Alex L. Alex L. is a host for the podcast Hey Girl and has written the books After the Rain and Encourage but she started out by sharing her writing on Instagram. She still has a really large following and continues to write and shares her notes to self on that platform. I checked in today to see what she shared. Here's a few. Gentle reminder, think twice about being an emotional container for people who refuse to hold space for you when it's time. You are not a placeholder for an unhealthy, non-reciprocal relationship. Here's another. Sometimes people will not change. My work isn't to force or convince them. Moving on makes room for growth. And finally, one more. Open, honest, and clear communication is a must, even when it's uncomfortable. Notes to Self by Alex L. I want to share a part of her interview. It really struck me. Uh, She she talks about self-care is about self-awareness. And that when we are aware of our internal landscape and the ways in which it interacts with the outside world and the people around us, we actually become better members of our communities. She talks about self-care as a community service. Here, listen. I'd love to end our conversation by very natural ending. Look at this. You predicted it because you wrote this book and ended it with (laughs) forgiveness. Mm. (laughs) Um, You end your book with this chapter called Forgiveness, A Note to Self. And I I have to say, I love the intentionality you had in the order of um, all the chapters, you know, you started with change and then self-love and soothing the suffering. And it is not a coincidence, I think, that you ended with forgiveness because it's the hardest thing to do, right, Mm -hmm. for ourselves and for other people. And 
You complicate again and deepen the notion of self-forgiveness in your writing when you write, self-forgiveness is an act of community service. Mm. An act of community service is not something I've ever thought about. And I just would love to hear a little bit about the layers of what self-forgiveness means to you and why you think it is like the most important part of the self-care and healing work that we all have to do. I couldn't start seeing other people until I started to forgive myself. Mm. Hmm. And that's what I mean by self-forgiveness is an act of community service. Because when we can look at ourselves and say, I love you anyway, it opens up the door for more compassion for other people. Mm. And I think just self-healing in general, right, is this act of communal care. And being someone who avoided forgiving myself for getting pregnant at 18, for thinking I was worthless and that's why I got pregnant, for not protecting myself and my body, right? So a lot of my self-forgiveness comes from the choices that I made that made me a mother, And for so long, I thought I was broken and worthless because I did this thing and I had this baby and no one would want me after that. And I was destined to live a life, a statistic, to be a statistic. A single black woman. Single black woman Mm -hmm. with a baby struggling because that's what people told me I would be. And I thought, and I think I thought I would be that. I mean, your mom and your grandmother both were, right? Yes, they were. And I just knew that I wanted that to stop with me. And, And so in order to move forward and have that stop with me, I had to forgive myself. And I had to hold myself and I had to be real yeah. with myself and make a choice. I believe in the power of choice. And the reason why I believe in it so deeply is because for so long I felt like I did not have a choice. But when I started to choose myself, my healing, my recovery, my spirituality, the type of partner that I wanted to have, the type of mother that I wanted to be, what I deserved. Things really became clearer for me. Yeah. So that all started with forgiving myself for being, for not being my highest self. Hmm. You know? But instead just being exactly who you needed to be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And taking the lessons with me. Each chapter of After the Rain is is a lesson. It's titled Lesson. Mm-hmm. And there will be many more lessons, you know. As I walk through marriage, me and my husband are celebrating five years married May 28th. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Hmm. As I walk through motherhood, as I walk yeah. through mending the relationship with my mother, forgiveness is a 
it's just a daily, it's a daily practice. I do believe every title in that book, change is a daily practice. Self-love is a daily practice. Healing is a daily practice. It's all a practice and it's all a choice. And I truly believe that. I often think of self-care as a fairly privileged position um, that we, well, I'll talk about myself as a middle-aged white woman. I, when I take care of myself, it says that I have the time to tune into what I need instead of dealing with all the other things that I need to, to do. You know, there's work, there's my family, there's the larger community that I live in. I want to serve people, like I want to make things better. But when I hear Alex talk, um, she talks about self-care in a way that makes sense to me. She really is talking about using self-awareness as an action for change, an action step of care for those around me. Like when I tune into what I need and where I'm off, I begin to notice dissonance in myself and I can start to wonder where that's coming from. Is it something in me or is it my reaction to something that's affecting me? She talks about self-awareness, self-care, and she talks about self-soothing in the interview as well. And it's almost a refusal to jump into the frenzy of the world. Uh, it's a way to slow things down. And it's almost an act of rebellion so that care of yourself and your community become a priority. I think that's pretty fascinating. As an educator, I've been thinking about how to frame this or to use this in schools and in our school communities. And here's what I'm thinking about. It reminds me that we really do need to rely on each other as human beings, like person to person, and be honest with one another about when we're able to be fully present and when we're not. I know I've experienced some things this year. Uh, my father passed away and the people around me in my office were so tender and so generous um, that there were times when I just had to fess up and say, I'm not really feeling myself today and I might need your help to back me up. Um, and I'm grateful that I had people in my community that were able to do that for me. Um, it's also a reminder to slow down not everything has to happen immediately. I know that we live in a world with emails and instant uh, messaging and other tools that can make it feel like everything is urgent, but everything can wait. It's okay to stop, slow down, and to evaluate where you are, what's happening in your body, what's happening in your brain. I think it's only helpful I mean, especially when we're working with students, when we're working in a building with students, it's helpful to teach kids those strategies of just stopping and slowing down and not having to feel like everything is a race. I also think it's helpful to notice that times when you're sort of in flow at work and the energy feels good and everything is sort of moving along. And also to notice that there are times when we are off as a system and there might be things in the way of helping us tune into ourselves and to each other. I don't have a whole lot of answers about that, but just noticing or beginning to notice when things feel good and it feels like your system is jiving and when things feel off might be data that you can use. 
uh, in your community. I also think about imperfections and mistakes. Uh, they might happen in schools and that's good. It's okay when those things happen. We need to trust and have some acceptance. Um, I noticed for me that this is really hard. I have a tendency to hold on really tightly sometimes and think that maybe if I just hold on really tightly, things won't fall apart, but they do. And I feel uh, shame in letting things fall apart sometimes, but the truth is none of us can hold it all. None of us can hold it all and have it be perfect every time. Things are gonna happen. We're gonna have to say, I'm sorry to one another. We're gonna have to, um, take steps to uh, tend to impact if things fall apart, but let things fall apart. I think what's hard for me is what's at risk uh, for kids when, when things fall apart. It's so hard to stand by and watch students struggle or to think that we are not having a big enough impact. It's important though as the adults in the building to be compassionate and loving, but also stable and strong. We can't fall into the mess with them. We have to stand on the sidelines and support them as best as we can from like a stable place. This profession is hard, but it's better when we look out for each other and know that we are in it together. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being in the mess with me. I hope you found some pieces of this to be helpful in your own work. When we come back, uh, we'll be taking a walk in the woods. So this section is about our brains and we're going to do a little perspective check to see how our brains are working in this world that we live in. And I'm going to make the claim that our brains are actually not wired for this world. I know that sounds a little crazy, but we are moving at a pace faster than anything that our brains have ever experienced before. And the speed of the world just seems to keep getting faster and faster. And I think about evolution. And when I talk to kids about evolution, they seem to think that it happens fast, right? Like from one generation to the next. But the fact is that evolution in humans can take a million years. So let's think about that. People generally started living in houses only like 10 or 20,000 years ago. Think about that. Before people were living in houses, people were living outside on the landscape. They would gather around hearths or fireplaces to make food, to share stories, and to be in community with one another. This is not just true for the US, but around the globe, you can look at tribal traditions. We've only been living in a world with electricity for about 150 years, and cars and roads even less than that. It's wild to think about how fast technology has advanced in the last 100 years, even the last 50. We've gone from computers the size of buildings to holding my cell phone in my hand, finding directions to Starbucks. All of this is to say that our brains are still catching up to the fast paced, computerized cubicle world we live in now. So what? 
So does anybody else feel like sometimes their brain just gets really overwhelmed with all that input coming in? For me, I tend to feel anxious. Sometimes I feel like swirling, like I can't make decisions. And I even get a little panicky, like everything needs to be done right now. And when I get like that, I know it might be time for me to slow down and let my brain calm down. And I call it recalibrating. So one of the fastest, easiest ways to recalibrate your brain, to get it to settle down, to feel less anxious and get back to your baseline is to look at the natural landscape. That's what your brain is hardwired for. Look out a window, take a breath, look far in the distance and look close at what's right in front of you. Or better yet, even go outside. I've spent some time with the guys at the Maine Primitive Skill School. It's a survival skill up in Augusta, Maine. And my kids even went to a day camp with them. And every day the kids in the camp were asked to find a sit spot. They would find a spot in the woods, any spot on the landscape, but it was their spot for the whole week. And each day they would spend, in the beginning of the week, it was just a few minutes. By the end of the week, they would lengthen the time out there. They would sit and they would listen and they would see what they would notice. That's it. Sit and listen. Okay, so let's try it. Uh, I know this is a podcast, so you won't be seeing anything and I'll narrate as I head outside. Um, I live in Vermont, and so it's easy for me to find a sit spot out here. Um, I live on a hill with woods behind it. But if you don't live close to woods, remember that you can always use a lake or a river if you have one close by or a park, just even trees. And if that fails, you can always look up at the sky too. Just lay on your back and look up. You can spend a lot of time out here looking for the perfect spot. I'm up here in the woods looking around at what might be the perfect spot. There is no perfect spot. So just find a place to be and hang out there. Let's see, it's been raining, so it's a little wet out here. You can probably hear the dripping. Um, but it's beautiful, and it uh, smells really clean and really clear out here as well. Okay, so here I am. Here's my spot. Um, I can already tell that I'm a little bit nervous and that my brain is spinning, and I'm not really sure this is going to work. And so here's my offering to you. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to be quiet for one minute, and I'm going to let this, let you take in the sounds here with me. Um, and then I'll catch you back up on and narrate sort of what I experienced in that one minute. Here we go.
I think, I think that's been about a minute. My timekeeping skills are not as great as I want them to be. Um, but even in that short time, uh, I noticed a shift in myself. I'm re- I actually really want to stay out here for a little bit longer, but you don't need to keep hearing it. Um, it's almost as if not just my brain settled down, but things in my body slowed down, settled down a little bit. Um, I noticed what the air smelled like, certain plants. Um, I heard certain birds, and then I tuned into the the squirrels and the chipmunks that were running in a different direction. Um, my head is still swirly, so I think I'm going to take a little mo- bit more time out here. But yeah, there's a noticeable change and sort of a settling and a, a shift that happened in my body. So thanks for joining me. Um, when we get back in... Uh, Inside, we'll hear a poem from Joyce Rupp uh, that's read by my friend Berkeley and I. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, welcome back. Here we are for our poem. We will be sharing Old Maps No Longer Work by Joyce Rupp. I have Berkeley Hutchins here with me. She's a student uh, at my school, but she's also a close friend of mine. And she's a poet. She loves poetry, writes poetry, reads poetry. Welcome, Berkeley. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me here today. Okay, we've broken down the poem into a few stanzas, so we're going to take some turns reading this. Um, We are on a podcast, so I realize that it might be nice to have a hard copy of the poem. Uh, You can Google this poem, Old Maps No Longer Work, or you can go back and to listen to it again. So if we seem to go too fast, just stop the podcast and rewind. Here we go. Old Maps No Longer Work. I keep pulling it out. The old map of my inner path. I squint closely at it trying to see some hidden road that maybe I've missed, but there's nothing there now except some well-traveled paths. They have seen my footsteps often, held my laughter, caught my tears. I keep going over the old map, but now the road leads nowhere, a meaningless wilderness where life is dull and futile. Toss away the old map, she says. You must be kidding, I reply. She looks at me with Sarah eyes and repeats, toss it away. It's of no use where you're going. I have to have a map, I cry, even if it takes me nowhere. I can't be without direction. But you are without direction, she says. So why not let go, be free? So there I am, tossing away the old map, sadly, fearfully, putting it behind me. Whatever will I do, wails my security. Trust me, says my midlife soul. No map, no specific directions. No this way ahead or take a left. How will I know where to go? How will I find my way? No map. But then my midlife soul whispers. There was a time before maps when pilgrims traveled by the stars. It is time for the pilgrim in me to travel in the dark, to learn to read the stars that shine in my soul. 
I will walk deeper into the dark of my night. I will wait for the stars, trust their guidance, and let their light be enough for me. So we're going to choose a couple of stanzas to go through. The, the first stanza is one that we want to talk about. I'll repeat it here for you. I keep pulling it out, the old map of my inner path. I squint closely at it, trying to see some hidden road that maybe I've missed. But there's nothing there now except some well-traveled paths. Berkeley, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, when I look at this stanza, I feel like there's a lot about she's saying about like looking too closely at the past that she's missing out on like mm. the present and the future. Yeah. Like there's some sort of shift that happens that she's yeah. no longer, she's different than who she used to be before. Yeah. And that there's things that she's missing now. Definitely. The next stanza we want to talk about, I have to have a map, I cry. Even if it takes me nowhere, I can't be without direction. But you are without direction, she says, so why not let go and be free? This one really spoke to me. Um, I think of myself as somebody, uh, for example, we just went to Boston for a few days and before we went, I like researched where we could park. And um, I, it's like I knew exactly where to go before we even approached. And there's something about me that likes to really hold on to a plan. But when I read that line, why, why not let go and be free? It really does uh, call to something deeper in me, kind of wilder in me that um, sort of really wants to let go of a plan and just trust the universe or trust the world or trust myself enough um, to be free. It sounds really liberating. It sounds exciting. What do you think, Berkeley? Um, just as a teenager, like growing up, everyone always tells you what to be, like what you're supposed to do all the time. And mm. so when they give you an opportunity or when you have an opportunity to just kind of do your own thing, it's a little scary at first because mm. no one's telling you what to do. But then if you're able to take that opportunity and just do what you want to do, the feeling of being free and just like accepting it and not feeling the judgment is just so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I think about the change that happens for teenagers where you need to no longer listen to other people. And I think it's really important that you find your own voice and find your own path forward and this is sort of like that call to you that like let go of what everybody's telling you what to do yeah yeah definitely okay i think we're also going to talk about um the final stanza it's time for the pilgrim and me to travel in the dark to learn to read the stars that shine in my soul i will walk deeper into the dark of my night i will wait for the stars trust their guidance and let their light be enough for me. What do you think, Berkeley? Um, I feel like this one's really talking about like looking back at yourself and like learning to understand and trust the process on where life's going to lead you mm. and just hope that as you get farther into life, it's 
you're able to trust yourself Mm -hmm. and learn to trust others too. Yeah. And I think there's a line too before the stanza that says there was a time before maps when pilgrims traveled by the stars. Uh, And that line really calls to me too. And it reminds me that there are lots of people who have come before us through even more difficult times who have endured, right? So to kind of listen to the wisdom of my ancestors or all of the people who were here before me so that I could be here today. Um, it just reminds me that I can, I can trust in myself. Like there was a time that people didn't have maps, didn't have uh, all these constraints that we seem to have and they found their way sort of beautifully, right? And I feel like we're missing part of that beauty. Yeah. Does this poem feel hopeful or, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like an emotion for the poem. Yeah, I feel like the poem just kind of like opens up my mind a little bit. It helps me realize like I'm, I'm able to just trust the process and like hope that everything will work itself out. Yeah, it's like uh, digs up all like the doubts and fears that I have in my brain and sort yeah. of gives them space to leak out if they need to. And remi- re- I think it reminds us too to like trust ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. To trust your inner teacher, trust your own path that you're on, right? Yeah, and really like for me, I've always been scared of judgment and like what people think. But if I'm just trusting myself and accepting it, like. I shouldn't be worried what other people have to think about it. Right. Who cares? Yeah. They've got no impact. <laughs> no impact on your life whatsoever. Okay. Anything else, Berkeley? That's good. Um, I think that's all I have to say. Well, thank you so much for being here. Of course. <laughs> and for joining me on our first our first attempt at our poetry time. Yeah. So I really appreciate your perspective and your ideas. Uh, you have a certain wisdom for your age. So thanks for coming. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. And thank you listeners for joining us. Um, Share your thoughts or suggestions for other poems to read on our Facebook page and Instagram pages. (laughs) I know your life is busy and I'm so grateful that you listened to this show. This podcast is meant to help keep you connected to yourself, especially. Don't forget that you are a complex and beautiful person. I hope you join us again. We plan to keep going deep into self-care and finding courage instead of fear in our daily actions. Next week, we will share another poem and we'll be heading outside again where we will talk to trees Trust me, I know it sounds bonkers, but it's so interesting and it does, it really works. So for now, I wanna leave you with a song. This is a song by the Bengsons. You can find them on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and other music apps. Uh, Their name is B-E-N-G-S-E-N-S, Bengsons. Uh, This song is called the Keep Going On Song. It was released in August of 2020 recorded in Dayton, Ohio, in their parents' house. Uh, They're a married couple, so it was one of their parents. It's a song that found me at the right time, and it reminds me that we we are all doing the best that we can. And when we share ourselves fully with our messiness and our sorrow, we find our humanity. And in that humanity, we find connection.
all the best. I'm Allie Oswald, and join us again next episode to get back to center. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. Abigail, and this is Sean, and we're so glad that you turned this on, and welcomed us into your home, and you are welcome into our home, we're in Dayton, Ohio, we're in Sean's parents' house, Sean's parents' house, we were in Louisville when the shit hit, and we packed our three-year-old into a car, we drove kind of far, we drove here, and we've been so lucky and blessed to be safely here and we thought we'd be here for like 10 days tops what did we know what did we know we thought we knew a lot we thought we knew a lot keep going on song this is a keep going keep going keep going on Keep going on song. This is a keep going, keep going, keep going on. Keep going on song. And we've been mostly healthy. We've been okay. Are you okay? Are you all right? Are you okay? Are you all right? Are you okay? I hope your body is whole tonight. And if your heart is breaking, I hope it's breaking open. And if your breath is shaking, I hope it's shaking through. And then I hope that you've watched a lot of really great television, like a lot of it. And I hope that you find a hand lotion that actually makes your skin feel better. And I hope that you have enough to eat. I hope you're getting enough sleep and I hope you have enough good company or enough good memory to last you a long time. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on. Keep going on song. We sing that keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on. I pray my rage is a fire that cleans my mind out and makes me ready to listen. I pray my pain is a river that flows to the ocean that connects my pain to yours. And I pray, I pray my happiness is like pollen that flies to you and pollinates your joy. Oh boy, oh boy, is that possible? Song. Oh, we're making it up. We're making it up as we go. Keep going.
worried again that the world has changed into the world that we are imagining now together and I pray that the world has become the world that we're planting inside of ourselves for each other and for our ancestors and for our kids Ooh, and we're gonna start we're gonna start this is a rough beginning that's all I've got is a rough beginning to offer you we're gonna start by singing some songs in this tiny space together we're just gonna sing some songs for you and we hope that when you hear them you will feel a little bit less alone and we will feel a little bit less alone in the work and in the hurt and we will be together tonight somehow whenever this is wherever this is we will be together tonight for the keep going keep going keep going on keep going on song this is a key going That's it for Back to Center this week. Special thank you to Alex L. and Lily Percy for the interview we heard. If you haven't listened to On Being, you may want to check it out. Also, thank you to Berkeley Hutchins. What a kid. I couldn't have done this without you. And thank you, listeners, for joining me in my own journey of self-healing and community building. Remember, when we share ourselves fully with our messiness and our sorrow, we find our humanity. And in that humanity, we find connection. Thank you for being you. Join us next week for more insights and practical strategies for staying calm and courageous. And we'll reflect on some more beautiful poetry and music. See you next time on Back to Center. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is Allie Oswald. I'm here with Cooper. That's actually kind of cool. (laughs) See? So much fun.